Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We are uh, kicking off the new year. A couple things. Uh, you know, I'm excited because 21 days of prayer fasting. The only problem is I have completely changed that, which is hard for you to believe that I would actually change it. Now, I didn't change the breakfast burritos because we do have breakfast burritos immediately falling, but I, I, we're not going to kick it off with prayer and fasting. I'm going to show you why I think it's important. So I want to show you why and I hopefully prove my case. I'm not saying don't fast. In fact, you should fast and pray. But let me, let me tell you what was going through my head. Um, I, I want to kick this off. It, it's, it is written. It's 30 days to understanding the Bible. And there, there's a reason that, that I'm building this case. So why don't you join me as, as we read uh, the scripture from Matthew 4. There's Bibles there. Oh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, um, take one from your seat. You can have it. Um, it's yours to take. We'd love for you to have it. But uh, join me, and Mindy's going to follow me as we read uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And this is a story that we've read uh, a million times, but I, I want to give you a little perspective on it. It says this, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to, to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and their hands, and they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. As we're kicking off this, this new year, Lord, I pray that you will give us eyes to see into this year. Lord, let us uh, know you in a deeper way this year. I thank you for this opportunity this morning, Lord. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that would receive what you would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the new year. Now, let me ask you this. How many people, don't lie, you've got to tell us, have broken the New Year's resolution already? Oh, they, come on. The rest of you are liars. You know, come on. Is anybody, has anybody broken the workout resolution yet? Yes. <laughs> you know, we set it up. We get these resolutions. And, and, and one of the things we do in the church is we, we say things like, hey, uh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. But as I was wrestling with this and looking at it, I, I was looking at this scripture and it says this in verse two of what I just read. It says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came. 
Now, here's the problem with that scenario. That, that makes total sense. 40 days, 40 nights, the tempter comes. Jesus was full of the word. Because here's what I know about fasting and prayer. When we go into these 21 days of fasting and prayer that most of us do six or seven days of. Here's what I know. In the middle of those times, the enemy comes and speaks to us. The enemy comes, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, when you're, you're trying to not eat lunch and, and you, you go to uh, what's uh, the juice place and, and you drink your lunch instead, and you go, I didn't eat lunch, I drank my lunch. I had a big orange thing, you know, it's like 32 ounces of, of every fruit you can imagine and you feel good about yourself because you just fasted, but you just drank 32 ounces of bananas, oranges, you know, that whole thing. And, and then in your prayer time and all these things that are going on, here's what I know. The enemy comes in during these times to tempt us. But if we don't have a firm grip on God's word, we have nothing to fight it with. So, so we, we do in these churches and we, we do these things and we go, okay, let's do prayer and fasting. But we haven't equipped our people around the word of God so that they have a place to go when the enemy comes to tempt. So that they understand truth, so that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy and speaks lies. You have no ability to say that's not true. So I wanted to attack it from a different direction. See, because here's the reality. You cannot combat the lie. You cannot combat the lie if you don't know the truth. Here's what I know about 2018. The devil lied to me. I don't know about you guys. You probably, he didn't lie to you probably. He just probably told you all you were good looking. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of you just got that. Okay. <laughs> He told you, oh, you're tall, dark, and handsome. Hey, this is what I know about the enemy in 2018. He lied to me. Think about 2018. Think about the different lies that you may have believed. Maybe about yourself. Maybe about your marriage. Maybe about your job. Maybe about your capabilities. Does the enemy lie to you? Here's what I also know. That when the enemy lied to me, I had this word that I could just, I could, I could stand on, literally stand on, and call the enemy the liar. But, but here's the other thing I know. The times that I, went, was, I wasn't deep in my word, now I, I'm, I'm going to confess to you because I'd rather not lie to you. Um, and <laughs> as a pastor, I, I'm not going to lie to you today. Every day I'm in this thing for an hour. I know you guys are shocked. I'm sorry. If you want to leave and just get a breed on your way out and go to one of the churches where the pastor reads every day for an hour, go ahead and do that. That's fine. But here's what I know. When I didn't read this word, when I didn't stand on the truth of this word, I fell for the lies. And I started believing what the enemy would say about me. And I started thinking about 2019. I'm like, I don't want to believe the lies of the enemy for my life anymore. And it all starts with this word. And I, I want to show you that this morning. See, the first lie that the enemy brings to Jesus is this lie that, that he says, command these stones. Now think about it. He's been fasting for 40 days. And we're saying, let's go into fast for 21 days. But we didn't talk about it when churches do fast. Rarely do you see people do fast where they don't eat anything for 21 days. It's always they give up TV, give up alcohol, give up this, give up that, or whatever it might be. Give up one meal. I don't know. Whatever it is. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. No food. Nothing. 
And the enemy comes to him, Satan comes to him, he says this, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He speaks the lie to him and says this, the lust of the flesh, the desires of your heart are more important than the truth of my word. Look, it is this lie that you and I believe all throughout the year, many times in our life, that, that lust of, of we want something, where you've held out of something, and we say things like this, well, I've been pretty, pretty good this last month, or I've been pretty good this last week, or I've been pretty good today. Therefore, if I just kind of taste this thing, whatever this thing is, God will understand it'll be all right. And, and, and we, we look, and the enemy goes, look at that stone and turn it into bread. And he says to us in our lives, look at that situation and grab a hold of it. You deserve it. And, and, and I, I found when, when I don't have this word to go, wait a second, how do I differentiate between what is real, what is true, what is God, what is the enemy? Because the problem with, with the crowd is the crowd always kind of jumps in with the enemy, with the devil. And the crowd says, no, no, no just indulge. You deserve it. Try it. Give it a hit. Enjoy it. And Jesus, in the time where, where you would think he'd be the absolute weakest, is the strongest. Because the word of God is so deep in him. And when the enemy comes and lies to you and says, you're not important, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not smart enough. You'll never kick that habit. You'll never, all those things. And then, then he comes, he says, see these stones? Just eat them. It'll make you feel better. And Jesus says, no. The second lie that, that the enemy um, sends our way is, is, is this, that he twists the truth. He twists the truth. Verse 6 says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. That, that is a scripture from Psalms, is basically what the enemy's quoting. Now, now, here's what I know. Satan, the devil, who is real, knows the scripture, knows this word better than any, either you or I do. Therefore, he has the ability to twist things and make you think that God is saying one thing when he's totally not saying that. See, the context of what was said there, what was out of Psalm 91 is this, for he will command his angels concerning you, that's what he quoted, Satan quoted, and guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now the whole context of this, is, this scripture is this, that God will protect you. But here's how it's misused and twisted in our lives, in my life, in your life. It's twisted and used this way. We say, okay. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, and it is written. Now, in the Scripture and Psalms, nowhere does it say, throw yourself down. You know what it says? It says, it says that everybody's talking in the back, and I'm so distracted right now, it's not even funny. <laughs> hey, you guys all right back there? Everybody good? <laughs> oh, my God. They're having a conference call back there. It's like, do you guys want donuts? We can bring in some breakfast burritos for you. It'd be great. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Um, so, he's literally, he, 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 ah, sorry, <laughs> killing me, dude. Uh, 
he has twisted scripture so much that, that he, he, he turns it around and, and he does this. Nowhere in that scripture, nowhere in that scripture in Psalms does it say that he threw himself down. And, and here's what it looks like in our lives. It looks like this. We say things like this. I'm going to do this sin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a hit on that. I'm going to go sleep with her. Or I'm going to sleep with him or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that because I know that, you know, God will protect me because that's what his scripture says not true. It's not what he said. See, God gives us these parameters in our life. He says, walk in these parameters, and I will protect you from the devourer. In 2018, there's times that came around where you you jump into something thinking, oh, God will protect me because that's what he does. And God goes, oh, you kind of made a choice, and you're outside the boundaries. I don't know what, all things can happen. And and, and Jesus knows here that you don't test. He's like, look, that scripture is completely misquoted. And what happens when you don't know your word, when you don't stand on your word, when you don't read your word, when you don't know what's right and what is wrong, is you take these things and the enemy will twist them in your head and they'll say things like this. Oh, it's all right if you, if you sleep with your girlfriend. God will forgive you. Yes, he will forgive you. Absolutely. It's all right if you cuss out your wife. Or in my case, if your wife cussed you out because you wore a T-shirt. He says that. No, she didn't do that. I swear to you, she did not do that. She may have thought it, but she didn't do it. So, not even, sorry. I'm, it's going to be a long day. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Anybody want to come to my house after? <laughs> it, it's this, this twisting of Scripture. You know what? It's all right. It's all right. You know what we see in society in the world today? It's taking pieces of Scripture and just, just twisting it enough to, to put a little God on it and say, it's all right. Did God really mean that? Is that what he really said? And the enemy said, throw yourself down, Jesus. He said, that's not what God called me to do. Yet in 2018, there was times where I just, I threw myself down. Right in the midst of the stuff where you threw yourself down right into the stuff. God said, I can't protect you the way that you thought I was going to protect you. Because you made this decision to jump right into the stuff. The third thing, the third lie was false worship. The enemy came to Jesus. He said, will you just fall down and worship me? And I'll tell you what, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything you want. So again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Well, gosh, you're sitting there thinking, you know, in 2018, the devil never came to me and said, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world if you worship me. No, but you know what? Other things did. And the lie was this. If you'll just, if you'll just bow down to that idol of marriage, if you'll just bow down to that idol of I've got to feel good all the time, so I'll do whatever I need to do to feel good all the time. If you'll just bow down to that idol that says, if you'll just drink this, smoke this, do this, be with him, be with her, whatever it might be, you'll feel good enough. Just worship just a little bit. And in our minds, we never think, well, I'm not worshiping anything. But here's the problem with that. God has created each one of us to be worshipers. And you will worship something. And if it's not God, it's all these other things. Money, sex, drugs, rock and roll. 
It just sounded good. <laughs> I'm all right with rock and roll. Um, <laughs> you will worship that which you put your heart to. And the enemy knew this. The biggest lie of all is the one that you and I buy into all the time. It says this. If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, it's this lie. It's a lie from the garden. Did God really say that? It's a lie that we, 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 we choose these and we make these decisions in our life. What we're saying is this. Yeah, if you're the son of God. See, when, when we don't know what the word says about us, when we don't know what the word says about sin and goodness and righteousness and, and, and the consequences of what our actions might bring, if we don't know those things, what we're doing is, is we're making ourselves God and we're saying, well, if you're the son of God, are you, I don't know, if you really were, because if God is really God and he's just and there's judgment and there's righteousness, we should have this fear of God, not in an unhealthy way, but a healthy way of going, I don't want to displease him. But we say this over and over again. Are you really God? Now, you may not articulate it that way, but our actions speak louder than our words. If you're really the Son of God. You know, if you really were the Son of God, I wouldn't be in this situation. You ever thought that? If you were really the Son of God, I wouldn't have to deal with this reoccurring problem in my life. You ever thought that one? If you were really the son of God, someone would love me like the way I deserve to be loved. If you were really the son of God, my husband wouldn't be a complete mm, fill in the blank. Really? All the women laughed. I wasn't looking for that reaction, but hey, we need some marriage counseling. Chris, jump on that. <laughs> Start with me, exactly. And he goes in verse 9, he says this, I... All these things I will give you. See, here's what I know from the word of God in my life. is the enemy, the devourer, is a liar. And he's lying to a generation of kids. And he's lying to a generation of adults. He says, I will give you. I will give you. I will give you. And we bought into it. Why? Because I don't know what the word of God says. And in 2018, there was a number of occasions where I just, I bought into that, if you're the son of God, why am I going through this? If you're the son of God, why do I have to deal with this? I'm not going to do it in 19. You know why? Because I'm going to continue and I'm going to stand on this word and I'm going to let the word of God wash my mind. I want to let the Word of God in 2009. I want to stand on it in a greater way. I want to wake up and, and eat the Word of God. And I want, to, I want to be in this Word so that that time of prayer and fasting that should happen in my life, and when the enemy comes, I'll have the Word to counter. I don't know. I felt like we may have had it backwards. See, because you can't combat the lie if you don't know the truth. Here's the problem with that. We have a world out there that's telling you this isn't true. In fact, it's relative. It may be a piece of the truth. If you like it as truth, you can have it as truth. If you like that as truth. And there's nowhere in this world a word does it say that. It says that it is truth. And if you don't know what truth is, you have no ability to differentiate, differentiate between right and wrong. 
It all becomes, what do I want to do? I can't combat the lies that the enemy's speaking to me in 2019 if I don't know the truth of God's word. How do I combat it? By reading his word. That's why in the, this next 30 days, I want to kick off a, a, this series. Um, 30 days to understand the Bible. Obviously, that's a pretty broad task. I've got, I've got Eddie, or, now you can have your conference call in the back. No, uh, books, books, yes. <laughs> the books, I want to pass out these books. I, I, I bought them for us as a church. And it is, it, is, it is 30 days to understanding the Bible. And again, that's, that is, it's a phenomenal book. It gives you the foundation. Because he, here's what I have found. Chris was just on, uh, on the phone with one of our, our dear friends last week who is a teacher. And she lives in Northern California. Northern California is, is uh, as, as they're passing out, I want to tell you the story. Northern California is... is uh, it's, it's even more, I think, liberal than Southern. I don't even know if you can say that, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. Eddie, I don't want conversations right now. <laughs> Eddie's like having conversations. Yeah. <laughs> there is a method to your madness somewhere in there. I know there's madness, but there's a method. <laughs> Just straight madness. Uh, and, and so Chris was talking to a, a good friend of ours, and she's a teacher in Northern California, and she took her class to... Uh, to a mission, and as a field trip to a mission in San Francisco, and they're in this mission, all these kids, and, and, and this, this woman um, is, is a godly woman who, who knows her word, who just prays, and, and, and she takes, she's been praying for her class, praying for her kids, and when she takes them to the mission, they're sitting in there, the guy who's, who's talking about the mission and everything goes on, that's going on, um, a little kid in the back says, hey, Who's that guy up there hanging on that thing? Literally, like word for word. This is a kid who had no idea who Jesus was and what the cross looked like. We're in 2019 in America, and there is there, literally this, this, this little boy had no idea who Jesus was. They went into another room and, and, and that where they had the baptismal and the kids like, what is that thing, this, this wonderful pool? You know, what is this all about? I want to know what baptism means. What's it about? And through the last however many years, we like to sprinkle kids and baptize kids and all that without any foundation of what, what are we doing? What does it mean? Only to find at the end of the the day as they're walking through the gift shop, this little boy went in and bought a cross with his own money and took it home because he was so enamored with this, this man named Jesus that was hanging on a cross for him. We have to get back to biblical literacy. I, I have these books that I gave you at 15 minutes a day. That's, just take 15 minutes a day. I'm telling you, it will lay out the Bible. Because people try to read the Bible. I don't know where to start. I don't know what it looks like. What is this all, the, you know, all this stuff that's going on? This book will lay it out and give you the foundation, the roadmap, so that when you go to the Bible, at least you have an understanding of what's going on. We have this whole church in America that has no understanding of what's going on in this word. We're biblically illiterate. In a recent LifeWay research study, it says it's only 45% of those who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week. 
Look at this. Over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible, essentially the same number as those who read it every day. One in five never read the Bible. Now, if you're just coming to church on Sunday to check it off your list and feel better about yourself, I have this gift of thinning the crowd. Don't come. I'd rather have 10 people in here at least make an attempt than people who are coming just to check it off their list so they can feel better about themselves and walk out next week, live like hell, and then come back next week and do it all over again. This is, Jesus is real. And his words are true. And they're life-changing. And the church is, is missing it. Barna, this is hilarious. Barna did a poll too. It says 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. <laughs> is that pretty funny? That's good. Some of the younger kids are like, who's Noah? <clears throat> Over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. That's crazy. A considerable number of respondents to the poll indicated that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. And again, if, if none of those jokes made sense to you, you're in the right place. Gosh, you're good. It's like we think on the same level, except for T-shirts. Let it go, right? Gosh. You know what? Uh, I don't know that, that we... Eddie, where did Eddie go now? He's got papers that we're passing out. Hey, what? Okay, so, gosh, you know what? I, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass these out. We're not going to, I was going to take some time and just let you guys do this, this little Bible quiz to see <clears throat> what you do and don't know, but I, I'm, I'm not. You know what, Dad, don't even worry about it. I'm going to put it back there. If you, if you want them, that's great. Um, just take a little Bible quiz to see where you're at, what, you're, what you know, what you don't know. Gosh, I was surprised some things I did. And some of the questions are how many books in the Bible, how many books in the New Testament, Old Testament, what are, the, what are the themes of the Bible? Um, you know, what kind of boat did Noah drive? That's a big one. Um, you know, how did Jesus die? He tripped over a rock. No, he was on a cross. You know, uh, the Ten Commandments. You know what's interesting to me? How many people don't know the Ten Commandments or the order of the Ten Commandments? And there is a specific order for a reason, the way that God meant it to be. Now, let me ask you this, and I've said this before. How do you know if you're, not, you're breaking the Ten Commandments if you don't know what the Ten Commandments are? If the word and the commandments aren't stored in your heart, how do you know what you're doing and breaking? Without raising your hands, do a mental uh, assessment. Could you name the Ten Commandments and what they were and, and the order in which they were, they were given to us? Next week, yes, you're, you're, I will question You're in. I weren't prepared, but I get it. I get it. You could have wrote it on your arm and then, you know, put it on the <laughs> you know, this journey over the next 30 days is really about getting a foothold on, on this scripture. If you are going, what is this really about? Join us the next 30 days. We want to unpack some of this stuff. Is the Bible true? What did Jesus say about it? What are the promises that God gives us in this Bible? 
And then Chris is, is wrapping it up, which I'm really excited about, is how do you really stand on this word in difficult times? What does it look like to have the word in your hand in such a way that when, when the waves hit you, that you're grasping onto the truth and holding onto everything that God has promised you, and you know it's going to be all right? What does that look like? Because if it hasn't hit you yet, it will. And this is the only answer I got. I got no other answers. I got Jesus. Why is this important? Hope. This Bible brings hope. Hope to the hopeless. Hope to the dying. Hope to those who can't bear another day. Hope to those who are desperate. Hope to those who are happy and kind and, and doing well. Hope is what the Bible brings us. Philippians 1.6 says this as the band starts to come up. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That when you came into relationship with Jesus, that he said he's working out in you a good work and that he'll complete it. I want to know what that good work is. I want to know what it looks like. So join us as we journey in the next 30 days and really get an understanding of the Word. I give you these, these, these books as a, as a gift. Say thank you. Not only to say thank you, but to also challenge you. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I know everyone in here blows 15 minutes a day or more. Just take 15 minutes and read one of the chapters and go through it and start to build a foundation for what God might have for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, for this, this morning, Lord, for these men and women. And uh, God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that as, as, as I hold on to this word, God, it brings hope. God, as I hold on to this word, Lord, it brings clarity. It brings, gives me eyes to see. God, allows me to love the way you called me to love. Lord, it, it, it's a reflection in the mirror that, that shows my foolishness, that allows me to, to, to step into your grace because of your word and what you did, Jesus, on the cross. See, the Bible says this, that if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, the Bible says that, that, that just accepting and, and, and asking him to be Lord of your life, and he will. So God, as we uh, go into 2019, God, I don't want to believe the lies anymore. I don't want to believe the lies that the enemy is speaking over me. In fact, right now, God, I pray over those lies and I break them in the name of Jesus. The lies that have been spoken to men and women, the young men and women in this church, I break them right now in the name of Jesus. Say, no, by the name of Jesus, you will not walk in those lies. Whatever a parent spoke over you, whatever a counselor spoke over you, whatever a girlfriend spoke over you, whatever a boyfriend, a husband, a wife, whatever it was that, that, that has gotten deep in your soul, we say no right now in the name of Jesus. And we're going to believe what this word says about about us and not what someone else spoke because this word is hope and that hope is Jesus Christ we thank you for this time in your precious name Amen Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast 
If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.